Greetings, geeks. Welcome to another episode of Geeking Up the Page. Yes, that's right. An episode of Geeking Up the Page. Not one of those mashups with like monologues that happen. So right now we have myself, Mike, and... I'm Trevor. And we might have a couple people showing up later. You never know. We'll see as the podcast goes on. So this has been, you know, this is what, one week away from Christmas? Um, which is sh- shocking when I realize just how much more that has yet to be done and present buying and wrapping and all that stuff. Anyways, um, instead of doing any of that sort of stuff, we've been wasting our time watching shows. At least I have. Um, I, my wife is going to kill me. Sure, I, what show were you wasting your time watching? Well, one of them um, is Willow on Disney+. Plus. Now, I want to kind of pre-frame this a bit. So earlier this year... Um, you know, I was showing my girls various movies of like, you know, 80s and 90s and that sort of stuff. We watched The Princess Bride, which both of my daughters love to no end. And then Disney was like, oh, well, if you watch this, here's some suggested movies as well. And I saw Willow and I was like, ooh, Willow. The girls need to see Willow. I have such fond memories of the original movie. Um, I even read the books that were terrible. Um, but anyways, so... I didn't this... even know there were books. Oh, yeah. Uh, was the movie based on the books? Um, well, the books are basically continuation from the the movie okay. by George Lucas and Chris Claremont. Um, I got it. They were terrible. Oh, just terrible. Um, anyways, so we've got the series on Disney Plus, which is basically, you know, sixteen years later after the events of Willow, where Laura Dannon is all grown up. Um, and for the most part, I'm not really having a great time with this series. Um, you've got a cast of characters that are with the exception of one or two, very unlikable. Um, Now, I will say it is, they are written to be unlikable, and the actors are doing an excellent job of making the characters unlikable. Um, Like, for example, the the, the princess, uh, hold on, Princess Kit, who's like this, basically she's described as a... uh, uh, spoiled you know princess of of queen sorsha and and blah 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 you just want to like give her a smack up alongside the head and say you know you're not a laura dan and you never will be you're not as good as a swordsman as you thought you were just shut the fuck up um because she's just so annoying you know why isn't it about me and blah 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 and just like shut up um, and she wants to save her brother, who she doesn't really seem to like in the first place. And, you know, it's just like, so anyway, so at the end of the last episode, there was this big battle where Willow finally used his magic for the first time and it kind of wiped him out. Now, this one is called the Whisper. Let's, let me check. The Whisperers of Nokmar. Um, They retreat to Bavmorda, which is Sorsha's mother in the movie, um, the the castle that she had that she was had made so that she could find a nexus to, you know, cast Alora's soul to another dimension. Because if she's killed, her soul will just be reborn to someone else, and she's fated to destroy Bab Morda and all her evil cronies. So the idea in the movies they should they want to banish the baby. Well, now the baby's all grown up. Anyways, um, they realize they need to sequester in this abandoned castle because one of their parties got hit by the the lich's influence and is slowly becoming demonic um and the castle itself is haunted um kit's hearing like you know voices of her mother and grandmother and all this sort of stuff and 
I don't know if they were trying to be scary, but it failed. I don't know if they were trying. Like, they never explain why Willow casting his spell wiped him out that much. Um, they're just, it's like they, they feel like they're playing so much close to the vest. And it's almost like two characters going, well, we should probably enact a plan. And the other goes, yep, we don't need to discuss it either. And then, well, let's go. And then the audience is left going, what? What, what, what plan? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I just feel like it's being played a little too close to the vest. So there's things like that. And again, yeah, just characters who are unlikable. Like, you're, who are you supposed to champion? Like, who are you supposed to be like, yeah, I'm behind this person when all of them are pretty much unlikable in one way or another, some more than others. So, yeah, I'm just... I'm not having a great time with this this series. It's It's sad i mean we're halfway through there i think there's eight episodes in the series in this um and to see if it gets a second season which i doubt it will uh disney's plan usually seems to be have a series and then f it up and kill it off um so yeah i'm watching it so you don't have to michael thank you trevor did you watch the one with the wagon on the friday night tights there's this whole rant about some wagon where they didn't would ditch the wagon and I thought that clip was enough for me to never watch the show, but I was so glad that clip exists. Did that episode happen? Like, did you see it? Yeah, yeah. So there's so what what it is at one point they're like, well, why why don't we you know all jump the wagon and the wagon explodes because lightning hits it, just conveniently. Um, but the, the the show suffers from you know that the the writers want to get to a certain point there's they probably got certain set pieces they they really want to you know this will explain this or this will be really cool and awesome but it's like they're handing off the the writing that goes in between those pieces to like four-year-olds who are like high on sugar and and, and watching like paw patrol or something because they don't care like a dnd campaign where you don't let them veer from the plotted course it, well, not only that, it just, it doesn't make sense, some of the steps that they're taking. Like, we have to get here, but in the meantime, let's go everywhere else. So it's it's like a D&D campaign where none of the people running the characters have talked to each other, and everyone has an idea about, ooh, I want to go to this city because I've heard of this, or, ooh, I want to fight this kind of monster because I've heard this, and and it's, there's no cohesion. Um. You know, the, the, they have a clear goal they're supposed to be going to, but no one seems to care. And yeah, again, and then it's it's like, you know, all these unlikable people. And you're like, well, I don't care. Um, and I will say there are a couple that I do enjoy. Uh, what's his name? The uh, Borman, who's like this, this you know, big guy's got this enormous, uh, he's like a treasure hunter, but he's got, it's it's a very unique weapon that he uses. Um, he's kind of funny, but that's honestly about it. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm ready to check out, but I kind of want to see where it goes because I was such a big fan of the movie. Um, I mean, as I said, I was disappointed in the books because I felt they could have done it better. But now, visually, how does it hold up? Because that was the big critique I had with the trailer: is it didn't feel like Willow. Like I think you needed the grainy film, the kind of undersaturated colors, you know, that sort of '80s tackiness. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, it's it's missing that. I mean, it's, I'm I'm fine with the the technical aspects of of what we see. What I'm not fine with is so like 
Kit runs around with her mom's sword. Like Sorsha had that very unique sword that has like the, the scallop serrations on the back of the blade. So she runs around with that. Um, but I mean, it's just, it feels like it's Willow in name only. I mean, if, if Warwick Davis wasn't there, this would be just some generic fantasy-esque Ren Faire sort of thing. Like it looks like it feels like everyone's wearing Ren Faire costumes. Like it doesn't look like clothing people would wear on a day-to-day basis. Like everything just looks like it's like fresh from a Ren Faire. You're going to wear it for the day. Maybe there's a couple of guys going to show up in Star Trek outfits playing the, the future time traveler bullshit. Um, but yeah, it's just like, and, and everyone's costume was like that, like very Ren Faire, very, and they're supposed to be on this long epic journey and no one brought like a spare set of clothing um, or anything like that. So it's the same outfit over and over again, but mysteriously laundered. Um, like the, the, the clothes don't seem to be getting dirtier as time's going on, but I'm like, if you don't have a change of clothes. Maybe there should be a scene of someone sitting at the, you know, the a little creek bed washing away, you know, washing some stains up. But yeah, this is it's common mistakes, really. So I don't want to get angry by that, but I am. I really, really am. Yeah. I mean, there's so much talent and money being poured into this, and and this is the result. Yeah. So that's my review of Willow so far. I'm just not happy. Well, that sounds fun. Yes. I guess sort of, let's stay along the same line, sort of, but we'll take a back road to get there. Mm -hmm. Um, The news that broke this week with Henry Cavill no longer being Superman. Yes. So I, when I heard the news, I was like, oh, that's kind of unfortunate because, you know, when you see him in Black Adam, you're like, oh, well, you know, maybe Cavill's back as, as Superman. And then, yeah, the... And then he quits The Witcher because it was run poorly. Yeah. Like, I'm back as Superman, boys. I don't need this crappy yeah. show anymore. And I was just like, well, awesome. Maybe we'll we'll get a, a, a decent Superman film that isn't attached to Snyder in some way. And one thing I was always thinking since James Gunn's in charge, mm-hmm. is he already showed he can do a soft reboot with the Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like kind of keep the stuff that's cool. You don't have to do a whole reset. Let's keep the things we like. We'll switch it up. We'll make it a little bit more fun. And I was sure, like, at least for one movie, we could do that for Superman. We'd get a good Superman film. You know, something of, of like, the Christopher Reeve quality Superman film. Nope. Um, but the thing is, is, I mean, online, people are losing their fucking shit. Like, it's just like, oh. I mean, there's already this whole, like, fire James Gunn thing. There's already- I saw that. One of these, like, like these petitions online, like petition.org to, to get rid of James Gunn. And I'm I'm just thinking of it as people need to, like, you know, clench their cheeks and 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 hold back the the volumes of shit they want to spew and just let them put out a fucking movie. Before but I understand because okay, one thing we haven't seen a good Henry Cavill Superman movie. We haven't. And I think most of that I think we, falls on Snyder. Exactly. But because... we can see that he could be the perfect Superman. Yeah. And the fact he's a fanboy, he likes to stick to the lore. He likes all the stuff that we like. You know, he wants to keep the character authentic. The guy is like a freaking god. Put on the Christopher Reeve suit. Did you see that thing where his yeah, they... um, addition, where he's essentially wearing it? It's like, 
that's it. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it's... how could Warner Brothers drop the ball for like a decade and not make this happen? And my thinking is, and of course, James Gunn didn't ask me, but, you know, I was here if you wanted to. All he had to do was do like a final send off movie with Henry Cavill. Just, okay, do like what you did with the Suicide Squad. Get him in the bright colors. Give us a message of hope and optimism with a villain that's actually fun. Yeah. You know, make Superman happy and smile and save some people and make that sort of like the bookend of whatever that last chapter was. Yeah. Then yeah. you can do your soft reboot however you need to do it, whether it's a flashpoint or Well, I, so I just, I just read today that they're cutting Gal Gadot's and Henry Cavill's cameos in the Flash movie. Which, by the sounds of it, they should just cancel the fucking Flash movie. Seriously, just, if they did that with Batgirl or Batwoman yeah, or whichever they, one they, that was, you know, they it sounds like they've cut the the Keaton scenes as well. Um, they've cut the Affleck scenes. <laughs> Imagine it's just like a Wiley e. Coyote Roadrunner thing. Flash just runs into a wall. Boing, I mean, I, I think between that and the whole thing going on with Ezra Miller, they just need to cut their losses and say, "All right, Gunn supposedly, by his own admission, has a ten year plan for the DC." cinematic universe i got something to say about that but you keep going so he's got this 10-year plan of how he wants to kind of build story build characters so that there's payoff in the, in the films as they come out but again people i mean the the, the snyder nuts you know he I, i'm going to say it right now snyder has not made a good a good superhero film man of steel you know, Dawn of Justice, Justice they were all crap movies because he was trying to ape Nolan. Yeah, Watchmen was good, but he watched the ending. Yeah, well, I mean, things I look at it as Nolan is a superior director compared to Snyder. He can do action and he can do storytelling. Snyder can do explosions and 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 fanboy shit. But even Nolan botched the last Batman movie. Oh yeah, that was that. I think that was a lot of studio interference as well. Um, so I'm looking at it as every time I see people like spewing off hate against Gun, I'm like, we've seen his track record with Guardians of the Galaxy. We've seen it with Peacemaker. We've seen it with The Suicide Squad. Give him a goddamn chance. And the holiday special. Yeah. Like I'll say that's that and Werewolf by Night was the only good thing that came out of Marvel Phase Four. Yeah, like, like let really him good. put something out before we start saying fire James Gunn and you know now on the upside with Cavill not returning as Superman and not being the Witcher, he just announced he's doing a Warhammer 40k, which is why I wanted to segue into this because it's an interesting property. He seems like the right man for the job, yeah. and it's going to Amazon, who did Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. And there's a little voice in my mind saying, "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, they've they've steadily like gone to something and destroyed that franchise and destroyed. So I'm hoping his zeal for for the you know Warhammer 40k, which is one of his first loves, that and World of Warcraft were are, are some of his biggest loves. That this is actually going to be a, something of, of of quality. I hope it is because this is an actor. Who I've been cheering for like right from the start. And probably his best thing is the um, Mission Impossible bicep reload chunk chunk. Yeah. Uh, Which when I saw that he wasn't, I mean, before they announced this whole war warhammer, when he didn't, when, you know, when they said, Oh, we're not going to go with Cavill with Superman, I was thinking, um the Bond, you know, that's open. Um, he's British. 
Uh, he wears a tux well. He could be a really good Bond. He yeah. could do the whole Bond shit. Um, I'd be it's willing. It's kind of like if James Bond was on steroids, right? It's Although he did the Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He, it's he, like that's what happens when Sherlock Holmes switches the heroin for the yeah. steroids and gets buff and but does I, his thing. I would be happy with Henry Cavill as James Bond. I really would. I still have to say Tom Hiddleston would be the guy to go to. I, I mean, I think Hiddleston would play the suaveness of Bond better, but I think Cavill could play the the the, the assassin, the, phys the physicality of a government assassin. That's, I mean, that's yeah. honestly that's all Bond is. He's a government sanctioned assassin. Yeah. So I think he could play that well. Um, but yeah, so I. I'm really happy with where at least, you know, if he's not going to be Superman, then at least he's going to be in Warhammer 40k. We're going and to if he's producing the franchise, it's sort of like, screw all you guys messing up everything I'm in. Mm -hmm. At least he has some ownership. Now, as long as Amazon doesn't botch it somehow. You know, they'll try. But I'm just going to, I'm going to be, we're going to see Space Marines. Um and and maybe some terminators and and I'm I'm happy with that. If honestly, if they get the guy who did that um that series on YouTube that that six uh series did you ever see that one? Um I don't think so. Just trying to think of the the, the name of it now. Um it was like this this guy like all by himself down in in I think it was in South America and he just made this um crazy um, uh, I'm trying to think what it's called now. Hold on, it's around the tip of my mind. Uh, Astartes. Uh, is that how you say it? Astartes? Yeah. Um, it's like six or, or five at five pieces. Um, they have put it together into like it's about 13 minutes for the whole thing. If you haven't had a chance to see it, you've got to see it. You really do. Um, A S T A R T E S. Um, so yeah, this was done by a guy down in in south america he's since been hired by games workshop oh cool the fact that he did all of this himself all the modeling the animation the lighting the the texturing the rendering it is just it's gorgeous to watch if they can get this guy involved in cavill's project this guy oh, yeah has the look of warhammer like it just there's no yeah that's a no-brainer yeah, that's like uh, Peter Jackson hiring those uh, the two I forget their names now, but the like the legendary Tolkien artists. Yeah, how about yeah. you do some design for us? Yeah, so that's what you want. So, if you ever get a chance to watch a, a Star Wars, I mean, you don't even have to know anything about Warhammer. If you do, you get just that much more out of it. It's just it's so impressive visually, and it tells a very nice story, and it leaves you with a cliffhanger at the end. Get this guy into the Warhammer project with Cavill, and it'll look fucking amazing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very, you know, I don't want to be too excited, but when I read that that he's doing Warhammer 40k, I'm just like, ooh, ooh. Oh, I know. I'm so happy that he's landing on his feet. I pray that Amazon doesn't butcher it. Yeah. But if they don't oh, they will they will they're, they're going to do something stupid but hopefully because it's such a passion project for him and he's one of the producers he and that's can, the key that you know he can keep the the course on this and it's going to be it's going to look good and be well written 
Um, yeah, so I'm 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 very thrilled with that with that announcement. So even if, if they can't make him Bond, then let him do Warhammer 40k his way. So yeah. Um, but speaking of Cavill as Superman, earlier this week on HBO, Black Adam dropped for viewing on HBO. And I remember I saw it in the theaters and I was like, oh, you know, watch it again to see if it's truly as bad as as I remember. And and frankly, if anything, it's worse. I haven't seen the movie, but I did watch the honest trailers. So I have a little bit of knowledge. Yeah. I think part of I mean, visually, it's a little desaturated, but it's all taking place in conduct where, you know, everything's dusty and dirty. And that's a fine. I mean, if you want to desaturate, that's fine. Where I have the problems is the story. Um, it's again, it's just it, it has the exact same Marvel um, origin story problem of hey, let's have the main character fight the villain who has the exact same goddamn power set again. It's like no one in Hollywood has learned this lesson of let's let's stop throwing him. I mean, Black Adam has so many different people he could have faced, but no, no, no. We'll, we'll 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 start with this. But the problem I have are the giant plot holes. Like, um, you know, the Justice Society deciding they got to go stop Black Adam because Amanda Waller says so. A, when did Amanda Waller start calling the shots for the Justice League or Justice Society in any way, shape, or form? B, um, what the fuck is her jurisdiction? Is she, is she like just oh a, a superhero or, or potential supervillain showing up? I'll take care of it. Fuck you, lady. Um, and her first thing is we we're going to throw him in a prison. I have that seems a little odd. You have a little you know storage shed for all the different people you want, and well, he's called like an A level threat. Well, I mean, he's in a different country. That this is the other thing is currently being run by Intergang. You'd think she'd want to be dealing more with Intergang. For those of you who don't know, Intergang is an organized crime syndicate of the DC universe that is basically being supplied by Darkseid. Um, they're supplying like all their futuristic tech, all their guns, power armor, all that sort of stuff. Um, you'd think Amanda Waller would be like, hey, instead of letting intergang just run rampant over this country this imaginary country and do whatever shit they want with this uh, eternium magical you know property um uh <clears throat> vibranium um that maybe you would send in the justice league or the justice society or boy scouts of america or whoever the fuck she wants to throw at them and stop them in some way or gather up all this equipment from from the the new gods in acropolis but oh no, they're they're fine. And that's even a line in the movie where the kid says, or I think it's, no, it's the mom that says, Intergang moved in. We never saw any heroes. Now that Black Adam showed up, you guys show up to stop him. And it's just like, yeah, you tell him, lady. Fuck you, Amanda Waller. Um, so this is the problem. I, I mean, it's one of the biggest problems, one of the biggest goddamn holes. And also part of the writing is they want, they're really stressing the fact that Black Adam is not a hero. He's not a villain. He's an anti-hero. He's a hero that kills. Um, but I'm betting Hawkman doesn't have like you know clean hands, or Doctor Fate doesn't have clean hands, and they're fine with him. 
So instead of like maybe I don't negotiating with Black Adam, or maybe finding out what his 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 purpose is or or anything like that, they immediately go with let's capture him and throw his ass in prison. Again, way out of your fucking jurisdiction, Waller. So there were plot holes like this that on second viewing where I you know could kind of like turn off the filter of, of like ooh those are some pretty effects and really following the story and so. It's just you realize it's a it's a runaway train on fire filled with TNT going over the rickety bridge. That's pretty much the story writing of Black Adam. So you got, you know, Dwayne Johnson, he just gets to go around and 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 grunt and you know, it's like the man out of time bullshit. It's honestly when I watched that night, I was like, he's Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy, where he he has no sense of humor. He doesn't understand the 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 local idioms. So he takes them all the wrong way until he can begin to understand them. It's like, because again, I just watched the Guardians of the Galaxy like earlier this week as well. It was on TV and it was just like, you know, my reflexes are too fast. Nothing nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are, are too fast. I would catch them. Honestly, that was like Black Adam, the same thing. Like they'd say an idiom and he wouldn't understand it. So he would interpret it from his way. But, you know, man out of time, wouldn't understand this shit. And it was just like, so this is Drax going on a power trip with lightning and flying. Um and yeah, so then, and then we get all the way to the end. You know, Black Adam has defeated the clone who has the same power set, but his is with a crown. Um, and then the mid-credit scene where Waller shows up and basically says to Adam, "Well, since I couldn't keep you in my prison, your whole country's your prison now. Don't leave the borders." And he says, "Lady, there's not a person on this planet who can stop me." And she's like, "Well, I'll go from so I'll get someone off this planet." And that's when. Cavill shows up at the super the Superman and says we have to talk. Which again, how much power does Waller here? How is she sending Superman off to do things to to do her bidding? I mean, would Superman condone um kind of like locking a person in, into a certain into a small area because well he, he didn't stay in my prison, so we're gonna imprison him in an area. It, again, this is lazy writing. Just lazy ass writing, and and yeah, second watching this film, I I actually disliked it more than the first time. I heard that Shazam wasn't mentioned once in the whole movie. The closest they came is they had the same guy playing the wizard of that that gave Shazam his powers. That was it. That was and the fact that you see Black Adam when he's rebelling against the wizards kills six of the seven. That's how we, you know, and when you go to Shazam and there's seven thrones, but only one's occupied. Well, this kind of fills in the gap. Where'd the other six go? Well, it's because Black Adam killed them. So other than that, that's, that's about it. The only, I think the only really big redeeming point of the movie Black Adam is Henry Winkler is the original Adam Smasher. That's it. It's a nice little cameo, but not enough to save a movie. Which, looking at it, I can see why Gunn and crew are not considering Black Adam as part of their step forward with DC. It just doesn't fit. It's a it's a terribly written movie. So, yeah. And going back to that, I really... Because it seems like they're just going to scrap everything. Like, I wonder, like, is Peacemaker going to be around? James Gunn made that. Is he going to scrap I don't know. I mean, all, the last thing I read was something about... He's using this opportunity to make some of his DC dream projects a reality. I look at it as he was given, you know, when Marvel said, make us a movie and he made Guardians of the Galaxy. How many people had heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy? 
You know, how many people had heard of like, you know, Star Lord or, or you know, Groot or any of those? You know, unless... and there was talk when he got fired from Marvel and went to DC. They wanted him to do some of the tentpole projects, but he was like, no, I'd rather just do like the small, quirky, yeah, you know, kind of weird stuff. So he did the Suicide Squad. But now, from everything I'm reading on social media, it sounds like since he was asked that years ago, and it's been kind of rumbling around in his brain, now he has some ideas. And now that he's got the absolute creative power to make it happen, like whether he ends up directing it or is just involved with writing or if he's just the creative exec who says, yeah, that's cool, do that, it will be interesting to see. I think... Yeah. Like, I honestly don't know if James Gunn could do a good Superman because his style is so quirky. Like, he makes yeah. lovable characters. If you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, all the characters are great, but there's always this weird dark edge. There's always this weird daddy issues thing. There's always the cool soundtrack, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. It's not quite Superman. Now, if but, he guides it with somebody who can do it well, like a Mark I, Miller... I, I think so. I think I think honestly, he would be he's smart enough to realize that Superman's not in his wheelhouse. That he would need someone who, you know, embodies what is needed to to make a good Superman movie. Um, like he he doesn't strike me as a guy who's like I can do everything. That he knows what he's what he's good at and he knows what he's not good at. Um. I mean, th this whole thing with Patty Jenkins, I mean, you get all these reports from different sides. First, they're saying they they immediately said no. Then they're saying she walked away and she's saying, no, she didn't. That gun and crew weren't even involved. But when it was mentioned that they would you know, need to be come in and look over it, she said no thanks and walked away. And um, I think it's more of so, as I said, gun and crew have a 10 year plan ahead of them. Um, which is the I think the only way the DC cinematic universe is going to survive. They need well, that's the that's the point I wanted to hit the ten year plan. That's what scares me, in a way, because anytime these studios have their big plans, like the Universal monsters, mm -hmm. we have this plan for this universe. Let's get one good movie first. Let's like let's prove it. Marvel didn't start with a ten year yeah, plan. Yeah, Marvel did. It started Iron with Man essentially first. an indie film. Yeah, where they didn't know what the hell they were doing. It wasn't, yeah. hey, we have a 10-year plan for Marvel Comics. It's like, no, let's just try and get this crazy movie done. Yeah, We barely have a script. Well, uh, I almost didn't get the actor. But, like, Let's just try and hold this piece <laughs> of crap together and make something cool. And then it works. It's like, want to do some more? Yes, let's do some more. Well, I think with, in DC's cases, they've made all the shit movies. They've, have they, though? But they, they've made... There might be more shit in the pipe. I mean, there probably is, but they've made shit after shit after shit. I think it's because they've been going without a plan. So that's why movies don't kind of hook together at all. And that's 100% true. It's more of, of like random happenstance that two movies actually kind of connect in any way than not. So I think with Gun and Crew saying we have a 10-year plan, they're looking at making story arcs that span that entire decade, maybe five years, three years, just enough story arcs so that as they're writing projects, like, all right, let's do a callback to this and a call and, and and a foreshadowing of something coming up ahead, which what Marvel started doing after you know Iron Man got you know the Marvel Universe rolling, they started doing that. They're like, all right, we got the next character we have to introduce. How can we foreshadow that? And then in that movie, how can we foreshadow the next film? And they were they started. You could see the 
the line that that string of yarn connecting all those films together yeah and when That's they realize we're going to keep making more of these let's yeah. start yeah let's start so putting them I, together because gun has been a part of that I think he understands how that works. And I think that's what this 10-year plan is, is setting the seeds as opposed to trying to set the seed, grow the tree, cut it down, and make the cabin all in a single film. We're going to set Let's make the, the cabin the... first film, Trevor. Yeah. Can we do well, it the yeah. first film? Well, the first film, the, the cabin's burning down. Um, so they're setting Shoot, the let's seed. Let's let a seed. Yeah, so they're setting the seeds now so that they can get the payoff with not in the same movie. Like, yeah. like and movies down the line, which is I think is very smart of them. But again, I think a lot of the people who are losing their shit online don't see this or refuse to see this. They just they want their Snyder, they want their their Henry Cavill now sort of bullshit. Well, in the case of myself, I need one good movie to be hooked, and a good Superman movie with Cavill would be the perfect thing to get me hooked. I think the problem is is. With the exception of the Nolan films, there hasn't really been any good bat. I mean, I know other people like the Keaton Batman's. I think visually, I've said it before. Visually, the Keaton the Keaton Batman movies look good. They have the best Batmobile, but it's it's they're not good movies. Yeah, the first one was fun, but again, that's a product of the era. Yeah, where it's sort of like, whoa, we haven't seen anything quite like this. But before. when you get like two and three and four, it just kept going downhill. Um, freeze. Um, you know, you... I would say even the Nolan movies are bad Batman movies. Even though I love The Dark Knight, I don't think it's a good Batman movie. It's a good like Jason Bourne movie, or yeah, like yeah. I I enjoy watching it, but it's not. It just has to be my brain with a, a, a sore throat running around in a Halloween costume. Um, but, yeah, but it's, it's not what I would call Batman. Like a Batman <laughs> movie is like animated series. But the thing and we've is, talked about this before, Mask of Phantasm, great yeah. Batman movie. But that's one you where you can sit down with the kids. You know, Batman has a certain charm, like Bruce Wayne has a certain charm. And Batman does Batman. Yeah. And yeah. it's great. Like, geez, I hope they do this with the whole gun universe. But I think the, the problem is, is because we had the tentpole characters, the the Trinity of DC, which is Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, that Snyder has basically thrown his dark filter over and shat all over. I think this is why Gunn's like, let's maybe do some different characters, start it that way, and then maybe we can introduce a Batman. Maybe we can bring in a Superman. Maybe we can bring in a a, a Wonder Woman, but not in the first fucking movie. Because Well, what they should have done is just got Henry Cavill back, Lobo steps in frame, polishes the camera. It's like, oh, there's a little dirt on the camera. Gets bright again. And then, okay, let's have a movie. That would work. Yeah, I mean, we got Momoa as as Lobo is are the reports, which I think he's going to play an awesome Lobo, better than Aquaman. Yeah, um, I mean that it just yeah, I think right now DC should be like we're going to cut Flash. I mean, let Shazam: Fury of the Gods go because it's pretty much ready to go, but they can cut Flash because they're they keep cutting shit out of it anyway. You may as well just throw it on the shelf and say fuck it, we're not releasing it. Ezra Miller can go to jail, and and we can distance ourselves from that that asshole. Um, but yeah, just they, they need to embrace the change. But the problem is, you as I said, you've got all these fanboys that are screaming bloody murder because Snyder's, you know, basically they've shut the door on Snyder, deservedly so. Um, how much is that they shut? Like, you read more comments than I do. How much is that they shut the door on Snyder, or how um, much is it just everyone let down that Henry Cavill won't get to be a bright superman? There's, 
Because that's where I come from. Well, there's still so many people saying they should let Snyder in with this new DC universe to direct some films. Let him direct another Superman film. We've seen Snyder directing Superman films. They're not good. Yeah, I'm done with that. They're, they're, They're not good at all. I mean, the fact that the Snyder universe, Superman kills, Batman sh- kills people left and right. That's not who the characters are. It's But he doesn't want, because he just wants to do like the cool 13-year-old shit where you're like, oh, I get to kill everybody and, and I make my own. I mean, that's fine. You can do that if you want, Snyder, but no longer as a DC, you know. It's so, yeah. yeah, it's. So that's why I'm like, you know, shut the door on Snyder. That's not what you, I mean, if you want the DC universe to go move ahead and be able to merchandise the shit out of it, basically looking at what, what Disney and Marvel have done with the Marvel universe to go, uh, us too, please, because, you know, Marvel, DC or, or Disney, Marvel have made thirty billion dollars doing this. That's just on the films. That's not including any of the f- merchandising that's come from the films. So you, if you're at Warner Brothers and, and you got the DC and you're like, we want some of that, but so far they haven't been able to to deliver. I mean, you've got a lot of hits or sorry, a lot of misses and the occasional hit film, but you can only merchandise that film so far. It only leverages so far. Because nothing connects to it. So, and what does connect to it is just absolute garbage. So, yeah, I can see, I can see probably the next couple of DC films that the gun has a part of are A, not going to be like R rated or that they're going to pull it back to like a PG 13 so you can get a wider audience. You can get the merchandising because once the money starts rolling in, then they're going to get more creative freedom as to what they get to do. Because, I mean, yeah, you know, Warner Brothers just ate $100 million, um, which probably hurts. Unless you're Disney, who can eat $100 million and go, eh, a little bit, of, little bit of heartburn, but we're still good. Give me some Tums. So, yeah, that's where I stand on that. It'll be interesting. Definitely um, interesting. Now, also speaking of Disney, by the way, we're going to segue off to the... so. Um, I don't know if you heard. So on Disney Plus, there is a new series called National Treasure, Edge of History. And it is basically, uh, it's a series, um, kind of like a continuation of the National Treasure films. Because I, I think they're, they're still struggling to come up with a number three for Nicolas Cage um, that he can do his usual thing. And, and the whole idea is this this young woman, uh, hold on, check her name. Uh, the whole thing takes place in Baton Rouge. Um, she's got a presumed deadbeat father who is actually a treasure hunter, um, who is protecting a treasure. We meet up with, uh, what's this, Harry, uh, Harvey Keitel, Harvey Keitel shows up as the former uh, CIA or FBI Peter Sandusky. So he's kind of like the hook from the films to get us in. And um, I did see that what's his face, the guy who plays Riley Poole will be coming up in a in, in an episode or two. Um, I've only seen the first episode. It's only four episodes long so far. Um, that's it. It's just going to be four episodes. But my wife and I watched the first episode and then we're both like, ooh, this is something our daughter would like. So we've she's watched the first film. We're going to have her watch the second film and then she'll start in on the series. Um, first two episodes have already dropped. The next one drops on the 21st, so next Wednesday, and the other one uh, during the Christmas break on the 28th so so it's pretty good so first one was it was good enough that that we my wife and I are both like oh let's watch the second one like wait 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 Josie might like this uh and I kind of want to watch it with fresh eyes when she watches it so we're gonna hold off okay much to my dismay because I really want to see where this is going 
it feels like a national treasure movie. Like it has that layers of clues that when you first glance, you're like, oh, okay. But then when they, the, the character starts putting them together, you're like, oh, why didn't I see that? Nice. Yeah. Which is to me what these sorts of films need or what the, the series need is to have that glance at it. Okay, whatever. And then have the character glance at it and then they start putting stuff together. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I see that because I'm an idiot. And I should have seen that the first time. So it's good writing. Like Frank Drebin, I realize that now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I could have told you that if I'd seen that scene earlier, but I hadn't, so I didn't. Um, yeah, so the writing is 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 really good. Now it's a bunch of like twenty somethings. Um, I'm, there's already one character I just want to like beat about the face and shoulders for being stupid. Um, That's normal for Trevor. There's got to be at least one person there, it's just, mauled. It's just this one guy. He's just just a complete idiot. Um, you know, he's, he, he's right from the get go. He he mucks things up. And then as the episode goes on, he continues to muck things up because, oh, I love shoes. Uh, I don't care. Um, and, and when at one point when he's being and, and Catherine Zeta, Zeta Jones is in this, she's like the big bad and she plays a ruthless big bad. Pretty good. It's believable. I I would be like, I don't know if I want to face her. Um, yeah. So. As I said, this so far it's been pretty good. I I recommend it. So if you like the National Treasure movies, you might actually like these too. Yeah, I definitely like the concept of them. You know, I thought the movies were kind of fun and kind of generic, but fun. They're, they're, they're great popcorn movies. You it can yeah. come on and you can just sit back and relax and enjoy. You don't have to think too hard. And and if you've seen it before, you can spot the clues before. The, and you're like, okay, yeah, I see that. Yep, oh, there's that one too. Okay. All right. I'll try giving that a try with the family. The one show we did try and watch tonight was Spirited. Okay. And? I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it? I couldn't watch it. And I I came in knowing the concept. It's Mm -hmm. like modern day Scrooge. I heard about the whole, you know, the crew of spirits that are orchestrating and trying to save souls. I knew it was half musical. So even when the first song broke out, and everybody in the family is like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I was anticipating it, but it just got to a point where I just wasn't hooked enough and there's too much song and dance. And you had to tap and out. I, I stomached it. I was sitting there. I'm not going to say a thing. It was my son who said, Dad, I don't think I can handle any more of this. I said, don't worry, son. I don't think I can either. Dad, I think I'm done. I think I might be done as well. It's like, are you girls still going to watch this? And the girl said, yeah, I think we're going to try and watch it. And then the boys left. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. It just, it wasn't enough to hook me. Did you watch the whole thing? I haven't seen the whole thing. I've watched enough of it. Piece of, I mean, I, the songs are pretty catchy. Um, it's an interesting concept. Um, I know my daughter would love it. Um, that's about as much as I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. 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 It's too bad because, you know, Bill Murray scrooged. Mm-hmm. You know, there's song and dance numbers in that. But I will say, I kind of want to see a non-musical film with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds together. Maybe not like the, the other guys, that horrible one with Margie Mark, um, but just a movie with either one is the villain, one is the hero, or both of them working together. Because there is a definite chemistry between the two. Right. Um, Maybe throw them in Deadpool 3. 
Yeah, well, in 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 the the show, Welcome to Wrexham, um, at one of their big games, they had Will Ferrell there, and he introduced introduced himself as a car salesman. Um, like he was just like completely oddball to the camera. So I'm like, the two of them need to be in a a more serious film together. So yeah. Um, let's see what else. Oh, so last Sunday, um, I've touched on this before: The White Lotus on HBO. This is definitely not a show you you want your kids to see, um, but goddamn, is it well written? And this one, I mean, they're basically like a murder mystery because you get a clue um, in the first episode, and then you have to wait till the last episode to finally see who it is who died and how they died and how, what the ramifications are. And they throw so many red herrings at you. You're full by the time the last episode, and you're like, "This is my prediction." God comes down and penis slap somebody i don't know because you're just there's so many ways things could go and you're just like i don't know maybe this and of course they're like nope here's the twist ending and you're like the clues were there the whole time why didn't i guess that one i'm an idiot it's a it's a show that at the end you're just like huh yeah i now i see and now i can you know it's been revealed makes total sense on the way there, I, I I missed the clues that would have made it obvious. So I'm going to spoil it for you. Um, so the last episode is Arrivederci, because this whole thing takes place in Sicily, at least this season. And um, you've got several different groups that things are happening to. So you've got like the, the um, Insta-rich... Um, tech couple and his college roommate and his wife and that guy's wife and there's been this whole thing of like the the husband of the the tech husband thinks that his wife is kind of screwing around on him with his best friend and because his best friend's a known womanizer and and their relationship's kind of falling apart um but they they kind of talk it out and not trusting each other and then they have like impromptu sex and kind of reignites the passion of their of the thing you also have this other crew of this guy who is um taking his family to sicily with his father and his son um he's got you know sex addiction that has kind of destroyed his marriage but he's trying to get his son to talk to his 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 mom so the guy's wife so kind of hopefully patch some stuff up and the kid hits him with and while he was there he hired before, before he even got there he had hired a couple of italian prostitutes to meet him there and spend the week with him after the first night, he kind of chickens out and says, no, no, I got to work on my marriage. Well, the prostitutes, one of them hooks up with his son. Um, and at one point, the son comes to him and says, he says to his dad, I'll tell you what, dad, I need 50,000 euros. And the guy's like, uh, no. And then he's like, it's nothing to you. It's nothing money. He was like, I don't care. I'm not giving you 50,000 euros. And the kid's like, tell you what, I'll put in a good word for you with mom. And the guy's like, Okay, sure. What the hell? This guy's like a, a Hollywood director, producer. He's got oodles of cash. Um, so the guy ends up giving the prostitute 50,000 euros. They split apart. And you find out later she was conning him the whole time. She was telling him she needed the money to pay off her, her pimp. Otherwise, he was going to kill her. No, it was just a the long con sort of thing. Then we have the wealthy woman and her assistant, um, her husband who was there who kind of had to leave, go back to LA, 
and she ends up hooking up with a bunch of gay guys who are trying to show her a good time and they take her to this this beautiful villa and she starts to may, maybe suspect some things because her assistant is being led away by this supposedly this guy's nephew um and then there's a scene where you know the uncle and the nephew are getting rather intimate um and the woman sees this doesn't say anything and then she finds a picture of her husband as a young man she's not very bright to begin with they get her high on cocaine as well um but she starts to kind of put two and two together and realizes that the prenup that she has with her husband, this is like her fourth marriage, she's worth like half a billion dollars. The prenup is if they get divorced, he gets nothing. But if she were to die, he gets everything. So she realizes that these guys have been hired by her husband to kill her in some, in some fashion. She panics. The 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 guy they brought on board, they they they've kind of alluded that he's part of the mob and supplied the cocaine. She he in the previous episode, he'd showed her he always had a gun in his little cocaine purse. She pulls the gun, and in a beautiful cinematic, you know, opera music playing, Madam Butterfly, she's just firing blind and she's just taking him out left and right. And she's panicking, she's run out of bullets. She sees the boat that the, the mafia guy had brought up. Now, I'm yelling at the screen. Go down the goddamn stairs at the back of the yacht. Climb into the boat. She tries to jump over the side of the boat, which is, you know, 10, 12 feet above the water to get into this the smaller boat. She doesn't make it. She kind of slips as she's falling towards the other boat, hits her head on the smaller boat. We see her the next morning floating in the shallow water, she's discovered by someone's wife. That's the death that we see. And then the boat is found with all the, the dead gay guys on it. Um, and her assistant, who had been taken off to Palmero, I think, or, or one of those, um, he finally kind of, the, the nephew kind of tells her that, you know, don't return to the White Lotus. I'll drop you off at the airport. Um, just go home. You, you don't want to fuck with these people. So she arrives at the airport. She meets up with the 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 traveling, you know, grandfather, father, and son crew. She had partially hooked up with the son, but kind of jumped with the the nephew because it was more exciting. They exchange phone numbers, and he tells her, "Oh, by the way, there was a death at the the White Lotus. She has no clue her boss is dead." And that's how it ends. So I was making it like, "Oh, well, who's the dead person going to be?" So also the the woman who's running the the hotel the white lotus um is secretly gay she hooks up with one of the other prostitutes who becomes a sing a lounge singer for the 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 whole thing who's encouraging her to explore her lesbian side but you know she's afraid the staff will find out and the staff almost do find out and so i was like well maybe she somehow dies or or this person so it was just constantly left and right like it's this person who dies because of this. No, no, it's this person who dies because of this. And at one point, when it's the tech guy and his 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 old college roommates start battling it out in the like you know waist deep water, and one's trying to drown the other, and I'm like, well, maybe this is the when someone dies here, or maybe one of the wives died. Yeah, you you just you're constantly guessing and guessing and guessing wrong. And to me, it's it's beautiful writing. And the, the, the location is low. I want to go to Sicily now. I really do. I really want to go to Sicily. It looks so gorgeous. 
but yeah so that's the white lotus yeah full disclaimer i muted about half of that because it sounded really interesting so i didn't <laughs> want full spoilers <laughs> So, yeah, um, I like the first season all takes place in Hawaii. The second season is Sicily. Again, gorgeous environments, gorgeous locations. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you know, get to see it. Try to. It's it's tremendous. So do you have anything to add? I think I'm pretty much done. The only other stuff I've been doing is following all the twitter stuff that's been very exciting uh, that's probably still one of my favorite shows on the internet <laughs> um i signed up for the daily wire plus to follow the jordan pearson stuff and i'm kind of curious about the gina carano movie haven't watched that yet yeah but uh jordan pearson's been doing this round table about the book of exodus with all these experts and it just blew my mind i was hooked on that all week it seems like they're slowly dropping episodes Mm -hmm. I wanted to just to do a huge binge, but like if anybody's interested in that kind of philosophical discussion and, you know, biblical insight with some leading minds on the topic, that was amazing. But mostly, no, just, you know, all the entertainment's been non-shows and just random bits of stuff as we work towards Christmas and try and get ready for that. Yeah. Um, I have caught a couple of trailers for, for stuff that's coming up. Um, I saw the trailer for Barbie, which I was like, what the hell? It is the funniest goddamn trailer. I did not see the trailer. I saw some stills. I was like, what the hell is this? It and is, then it's Barbie movie. It's like, it's oh, yeah, Barbie, that looks like it. The trailer is a totally 2001. Uh -huh. The trailer alone is hilarious, and you've got to see it. Um, All right, let's check that out. But something I, 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 you know, came up in my feed and I didn't think about it. So there's some a series coming up on Hulu slash Disney Plus called Extraordinary. Check out the trailer for Extraordinary. It's about a woman who um, lives in a world where everyone has a superpower of some of some sort or another. Everyone, it seems, except her. So like, there's people who can fly. There's people who can read minds. There's people who do all sorts of superpower shit, and she's she's got none of it. And she wants to find out what her superpower is. And she's going to extreme lengths. The trailer alone looks funny enough. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, oh, I'll watch the trailer. And it's it's actually, it looks kind of intriguing. So hopefully they don't fuck it up. Um, but yeah, so I saw that. Also, um, a trailer came out called 65. Um, this is with Adam Driver. Um, it's from the writers of a, of a Quiet Place, um, and Sam Raimi. Um, and it is about this guy who it kind of starts off like pitch black. Like this guy's on this this spacecraft and he's transporting people, and something happens and he crashes, and he finds one survivor, this little boy. But he's being stalked now. He's got like you know like blasters and all that sort of shit, and he's being stalked by dinosaurs because of the 65 is 65 million years ago oh wow um and oh adam driver adam driver and just like this is kind of awesome you get to see him fight like raptors and t-rexes and all this sort of shit i'm sure there's people who are gonna like having problem with the different dinosaurs being seen and stuff like that but 
it's being done by the writers of a quiet place and Sam Raimi's producing it and it's coming to theaters March 10th. And I had a great time um, watching that trailer. So yeah. Um, it's, it's the movie I didn't know was coming, but I think it's the movie I, I, I kind of needed. Um, so it's the kind of thing where if you have fun dinosaurs and a movie that's has a story plausible enough, to make you just watch dinosaurs, then hey, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm 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 great with that. Um, oh god, what was the movie that it came out many many years ago? Um, I think it was called Outlander. Um, yeah, it was with uh, Jim Kevzio. I, I can't remember. I can't even pronounce his name. It's about this guy who's um, it's kind of based off Beowulf. This guy. Is, oh, I worked on that movie. 2008 Outlander, yeah, yeah, with a yeah, that's kind yeah, of I animated a bunch of scenes in that. Um, yeah. it, it kind of feels with Hellboy and Jesus, yeah, yeah, it kind of feels very similar to that if you know someone from the future or future tech crashed in the past. Um, but 65 was kind of like a oh, I didn't know this was coming. Oh, Adam Driver, oh, dinosaurs 65 million years ago. Is this going to affect the rise of mankind? You know, because there's there was all these humans or humanoid people on this ship when it crashed, and you only found one. So there we go. Yeah. So I that one came out, and I was like, "Ooh, what's this? What could this be?" So yeah, that's that's I, I get the occasional you know trailer here or there, and I'm like, "Ooh, what's this?" Um, I just saw a new trailer for the Dungeons and Dragons, uh, the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons film. Uh, it was like a creatures trailer where they're showing off more of the creatures, like the 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 griffin and the gelatinous cube and the displacer beast and stuff like that. They're really doing their homework. Like this is like stuff right out of the monster manual in terms of its its design, which kind of makes me happy. Um, I hope still, it's good. And I'm still playing with the you know D and D with the kids, so this is really like ooh, kind of a nice connection there. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I'm kind of enjoying that, but I don't want to watch too much, too many trailers because I don't want to spoil it. So by the time I get to it, it's like, well, I've seen everything. So yeah, right. You know, you know it's something you want to watch the moment you stop watching the trailers. Yes, yes, it's hey, that it's, looks pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm done. Yeah, well, well 65 was like that. I, I watched it and I'm like, I I can't watch any more trailers for this because I I don't want it to be spoiled. I, I can't let it be spoiled. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm at a, a time now. I'm like, when is it coming out? How long do I have to wait? Um, there was also uh, one for the Condor's Nest, uh, which was kind of more like a war film in a way, but this, you know, tracking down a war criminal, Nazi war criminal, stuff like that. There's one called Dangerous with What's-His-Face, uh, Clint Eastwood's son. Eh. Um. Yeah. So, there's plenty of trailers of of stuff coming up that I hope will, you know, keep things going. But yeah, we'll set. I still wait. haven't seen Troll. That's on my list near it's, the top. I want to watch it. it it's as Troll Hunter is a better film. Yeah. It honestly, is it, Troll feels like someone saw Troll Hunter and thought, "What if we do it more Hollywood style?" That's, oh, that's probably what I'm thinking of then, Troll Hunter. That's the original one, right? Yeah, Troll Hunter is the original one that is 
more of a like lost the Norwegian, yeah, found footage style film. Um, Troll is is Norwegian. Is it, so, it is okay. Yeah, Troll is is Norwegian, but it's again feels like they're following more of a Hollywood formula than anything. okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think that kind of rounds out everything I have to say. Um, I know there's a bunch of video games we can probably get Gavin to chime in on. Um, yeah, I've even started looking ahead, like, oh, what's coming out in twenty? Because we're just around the corner from from you know January, so you know what's coming up. And I think it's um, I can't remember if there was anything in January that really jumped out at me. Um, somehow Bruce Willis is still making movies, even though he's retired. And sold his likeness. Um, maybe that's how. Yeah, maybe. I may have just answered my own own thing. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's anything of January that's coming out. That's that's. Um, I mean, there's you people, the the Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy one, which look kind of funny. But that's going to be on Netflix. So, um, yeah, and then February was. It's not going to be Magic Mike's Last Dance. Um. Oh, it's Ant Man Wasp Quantum is in February, so unless it that's of... one I was hyped for. I've talked about that on the podcast. That's like the one Marvel movie I was looking forward to, mm-hmm. and it's starting to lose its luster. And I'm kind of not that into it. I think there will have to be something comes out that gets me hyped again. Well, then coming out on the, on the 24th of February, Cocaine Bear. Have you seen the trailer <laughs> for Cocaine Bear? I did see that. Now, what I have seen, which was kind of funny, is people have kind of altered the poster. One is is Fuzzy Bear. Uh, no, no, Chewbacca. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> there will be ripped limbs everywhere. Oh, I saw the Fuzzy Bear one. It's like waka waka. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah, March has. Uh, let's see, we've got sixty five comes out in March, March tenth. Shazam: Fury of the God comes out. John Wick Chapter Four comes out. Dungeons and Dragons comes out. And looks like March has like most of the films coming out. At least those, those uh, Creed three, Scream what nine hundred and fifty. How do we keep making Scream films? Honestly, I don't think it's hard. Until the, the camera on and go ah. Yeah, but until the killer becomes supernatural in some way, uh, it just no. Uh, again, I've 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 said this before. You know, Freddy scary, Jason scary. You know. Uh, Michael Myers scary. The scream ghost face not scary because it's just a guy underneath with no any. There's nothing special about him. There's nothing supernatural about him. I would beat the bejesus out of him and snap his neck. Ooh, I've got a hunting knife. Bring it, bitch. Um, you know, Jason's gonna punch your head off. Freddy's gonna invade your dreams. Michael Myers just can't kill the bastard. The, the guy from Scream, there's no, no I, I, you can't be afraid of it. You can't. Ooh, jump scare with my hunting knife. Yeah, jump scares. I pun- punch my fist through your face. So, yeah. That's the second person Trevor mauled this podcast. Yes. That's good. Oh, there will be more. Um, now, there are some other things like Renfield comes out in April. That's like the story of Dracula, but told as told from Renfield's point of view. The Super Mario movies, which I'm probably not going to watch. Um, the the Chris Pratt Super Mario. I just I don't know if I'm going to bring that into me. I I just don't know if I can do it. Uh, I love the visuals of it. It it looks I, nice, but I it just Chris Pratt's voice. I it just doesn't fit. They could have got the guy who does the original Mario voice. 
I mean, what's it's not like he's he's like he's so busy he can't do it. But that's they, actually a really good point. Yeah, it's a case of they probably just oh we got to put a big name into it. Yeah, um, I mean that's what you do with Princess Peach or whatever the hell her name is. Um, you know, slap a voice on on her of, of someone else. Because um, I think they did, and Taylor Joy is I think is Princess Peach, and you got Charlie Day, Jack Black. Yeah, it's basically it's like a who's who of you know. Just get the goddamn voice actors. That's why they didn't replace Optimus Prime with like ooh, Ivory Keitel or Denzel Washington as Optimus Prime. But they wanted to. Oh, they probably tried. Um, so let's see. In May we've got Guardians of the Galaxy three, Fast Ten, Fast X. Woohoo! Uh, the Little Mermaid remake. June has big trailer that dropped Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Did you watch the trailer for that one? I hmm. I think I saw bits of it. That, um, that's where Spider. I mean, the trailer is basically. Sp- Spidey or, or My- Miles Morales going into like the the realm in between realms gets attacked by a Spider-Man 2099 who sounds like he's a dick. Um also that month is Transformers Rise of the Beasts which was also a really nice trailer. Um and then still a little too bayformer for me. Yeah, a little bit. They're edging their way closer to what it should be, but Slowly. Then yeah. we have The Flash comes out June 16th, as well as Elemental, which is Pixar's next film, um, which I haven't heard a whole lot about. Uh, then we've I've got, been kind of done with Pixar lately. June 30th has Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yay, it's a Dial of Destiny, folks. Turn the heat up! I'm getting cold and old! <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get some TV reception here. Um, July is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, um, because, you know, we've got to do it in many. Uh, Barbie and the Marvels come out that, mo- that month. Uh, let's see. August is TMNT, Mutant Mayhem, Meg 2, The Trench. Uh, again, Jason Statham. I mean, again, really only shares character names and the, and, and the title with the actual books. Um, Gran Turismo. Again, turning and and PlayStation Productions is 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 one of the. Is this going to be like neat? That was it. The Need for Speed movie was that the one that they did that was just like, hey, let's have some cars running around. Um, Haunted Mansion. Uh, let's see. It's always funny when they try and do video game movies, but then it doesn't like. It's a racing car game. Yeah, Gran Turismo is basically a racing car simulator. Yeah. How much story you're going to try to shoehorn on that? that they haven't done already with you know fast and furious exactly uh august is also blue beetle which i think is the last of the uh non james gunn dc works so they haven't canceled it yet no at least not yet uh then september we have equalizer three expendables four sounds like a whole lot of haunting expendable movies yes uh, Haunting in Venice, which I think is the next uh, Hercule Poirot. Um, yeah. And so that'll be in December, uh, September. October, we have Craven the Hunter. Um, Paw Patrol, the mighty movie. Come on. Saw 10. Dune Part 2 comes out in November. Uh, Trolls, I'll watch that one. Trolls 3 comes out in November because... Why not another Trolls film? 
not the troll you're thinking, but the troll with like Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake singing. Okay. So we have from the troll dolls. And then we have December is Wonka, which is the Willy Wonka project. Color Purple, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, and the untitled Ghostbuster Afterlife sequel that we already know is called Firehouse. Was that the working title, Firehouse? I didn't see. Um, yeah, I think it's called Firehouse. Was the untitled? Was the the um, just trying to find out? Yeah, they, I, I just remember seeing a poster where it was like the silhouette of the firehouse of Ecto One, and they called it. So like, they're back in New York. Back in New York. That'd be good. But they do have uh, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard, and Carrie Coon have been. Confirmed to return alongside of Grace, who played uh, the kick-ass character, uh, Phoebe. So, that's 2023 in film so far. They haven't updated the list. Um, so there's And a lot of those I'm not that interested in. Sadly. I want something else, like uh, something that comes out of left field, like Weird the Movie. The yeah. L. Yankovic story. Those kind of things where... I didn't know I need to see that movie. And I think that was probably my favorite movie of the last year. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, I think like a film like 65 is going to be that film that comes out of left field and you're like, Oh, Oh, what the, what the hell was that? I hope so. That would be great. Like looking at the movie, it does look very Hollywood, very CG. And sometimes if the plot can get a little bit CG, yeah. you know, um, but it, it was done well. And again, for somebody with a bunch of dinosaurs and keep a plausible story, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say, uh, now with Avatar's out, uh, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Uh, hold on, we're scraping, we're scraping. Uh, usually there's something that comes out at Christmas, but it doesn't look like, uh, oh, I want to dance with somebody. Uh, they clone Tyrone. That's on Netflix. Yeah. So it doesn't look like there's anything huge left in December. Do you plan on seeing Avatar, The Way of Water? I might go see it with the wife because we saw it together in 3D way, way back when it came out in Philly. So I don't know. We might do a date night and just go out and see it. Um, That's one where a lot of the commentators that I listen to who kind of see things the same way I do, uh, the consensus seems to be you know, the story is not the best. The visuals are pretty good, but we've seen it all before. But there's a certain certain underlying message that a lot of these modern movies don't have. And there's something about it where it's like the movie has a heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And that would be amazing because so many movies don't have that anymore. Well, I, I watched a thing where someone was breaking down the VFX and he was like, a lot of the stuff looks the similar like for someone without any sort of vfx background you're like oh that's just i've seen this before but he did like a frame by frame comparison of the models like the rigging around like their face rigging and the eyes the makeup of how they do the eyes is so far beyond what they had in the original avatar the eyes look alive um which the problem in the, in the original movie avatar there's quite a few times you get dead eyes like especially in characters who aren't the focus. If you looked at some of the characters around you, like they just kind of look like mannequins. Now everyone has alive eyes. Everyone looks like they're, I guess, like like even their um, 
still and like like there's there's still for like when they're still there's still stuff moving on their faces that normally like when their eyes their eyes are moving or mm-hmm. their ears are twitching a little bit there's even if they're not the center focus they're still moving they're not just they don't just hit that pose and then kind of stop and then look like mannequins yeah. so little things like that and people are raving about the water sims just like beyond photo real like you know because the thing is you got to realize everything you see on the on screen is cg in terms of water like it's not like they had like the giant water tank they used for titanic so like when he's like putting his hand on the saddle and strapping up his hand and there's like water splashing left and right that's all a sim that's all a cg sim of water and it's flawless and so after i saw this breakdown like this this fx breakdown of like avatar before with avatar now because there was fair amount of water scenes in the original avatar when they're like splashing through and stuff at night and day like it's you can see where the technology has advanced but if you're not more closely aware of the technology like the 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 software hardware side you won't see it your your mind won't pick it up as easily unless you're looking for it and then you're like fuck yeah holy shit there's really good water sims going on here um so yeah i'm i'm kind of excited that way to see it visually um plus because it's all cg the 3d effect is going to work better because that was the one thing i noticed about avatar because we had seen a couple of 3d films or films converted to 3d before seeing avatar and i always walk out with a headache like just a splitting headache avatar was the first 3d film or watching in 3d where i didn't have a headache when it ended you know when the the, the final credits roll and i took the glass off i was like holy shit i don't have a headache i don't feel like my <laughs> head like splitting into a couple of pieces and then films I've I've seen after that, right back into Headache Town. It just, yeah. I never saw the original Avatar in theater, so I'd be kind of curious to see this one. Just yeah, for it, the sake of the 3D. Yeah, it's like the 3D in the the original Avatar film was just because he filmed it with cameras side by like, tucked side by side. Yeah, it wasn't the fake 3D. And you know, he had them measured so that it came out with the proper distancing between the lenses. Which, looking at the giant camera, I was like. They shoehorn those lenses really close to each other. I don't know how we managed that. Um, but it worked. Like every scene you saw, because the the distancing of the, of the lenses and the way it blended together on the screen, and when stuff did like reach out towards you or exceeded, you know, the frame stuff like that, it worked. It all worked. And it, as I said for me, it did not induce a headache, which to me means they did their job right. Whoever the 3D crew were, they were doing it right. So that's why I'd be excited to see it in, in, in 3D. Because that's the other thing is the person who was doing the review of the effects was like, if you get a chance to see it, go see it. If you get a chance to see it in 3D, go see it in th- that first. Um, so, yeah. Because he said a lot of the effects hold up in that 3D space really well. So that's what I've heard so far. So, but with Christmas, you know what? Less than ten days away, seven days away, something like that. Eight days, eight, eight days away now. We'll yeah. uh, seven as of tomorrow. We'll uh, we'll see if we can get the time. So, yeah. But I was just looking at the highest grossing films of this year. So I'm gonna start at the bottom. So number one or number ten was Elvis. Number nine was Black Adam. Um. Made the top 10. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, number 8. Thor Love and Thunder was 7. The Batman was 6. I mean, Warner Brothers had like, you know, 10, and, 10, 9, and 6 in terms of 
top 10 films. Uh, Minion Rise of Gru, Jurassic World Dominion, and then we get Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and the number one has been Top Gun Maverick. Um, so, and that these are all the domestic grosses. So, like, Top Gun Maverick is still in theaters and has made about 720 million um, domestically. Of those films, how many am I excited to go see? I never saw Elvis. You just heard my review of Black Adam. Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the kids liked. Um, but I was like, I think the first film was better. And I didn't see that one yet, although the kids wanted to see it's it. It's the one with Knuckles. It, honestly, yeah. I think the first one was better. Okay. The Thor, Love, and Thunder. It was. I it, boycotted that one. It was no Ragnarok. Batman, I fucking hated. I didn't see that, and my um, wife walked out on it. Yeah. Minion Rise of Gru, again, was a cute movie. I think there have been better. I mean, I think the first Minions movie was stronger. Um, Jurassic World Dominion, dinosaurs. Um, but story wise, was pretty damn thin. Doctor Strange had that enormous plot hole that pretty much sucks the entire film in. Like, it's find the dimension where Wanda just got hit by a bus and the kids are fine and just take a yeah. spot. Like, honestly, would it have been that hard? You know, Wanda's in the ICU, you slip in, use your magic and kind of like turn her into nothing and then jump in the bed, go <gasps> miraculous recovery, kids. We let's go. Yeah. Yeah, and I still can't forgive them for taking away Sorcerer Supreme from Doctor Strange. Yeah, like, for me that dismantles the entire first movie. And I think if you're going to have a series of movies, they have to be coherent between them. So if you walk, watch the original Doctor Strange and then you watch Doctor Strange Two, you can say, yeah, some stuff happened in between. But when the first one is all about becoming Sorcerer Supreme, and now you're not. Well, that's also I think what was it? Uh, Endgame. When Hulk and Hulk slash Banner went back and talked to the Ancient One. And the Ancient One says, Strange is the best of us. Then how could he lose Sorcerer Supreme? Even being and, dusted for five years, they'd still be like, you know, the second he came back, whoever was Sorcerer Supreme, who should have been born in Mardo, should have stepped down and said, retake your mantle, sir. You yeah. are Sorcerer Supreme. Right, because the they were the steward of Comitage. Yeah, while he was yeah. gone, now he's back. Return so he could the king. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, there you go. Here's your crown again. Um, so yeah, so Doctor Strange, eh. Black Panther. I think I've discussed that in a review of Black Panther. I, I don't think they should should have killed off T'Challa. I think they should have found some other way. Yeah, and, and that's and, when I avoided like the plague. Just too much going wrong. Top Gun Maverick. I've heard enough online that says you know there's some beautiful flying scenes it's all like they use very little cg for the flying scenes they wanted as as real as possible um but i've heard the stories maybe not up to the same par of the original top gun um some some thinness like why are we using f-18s you know fourth generation jets when we can use f-22s which are fifth generation jets more maneuverable faster better weapon systems why are we using the old part of it is there's no trainer version of an F-22, so you can't stick someone in a, the you know the second cockpit behind you. F-18s have them, so that's why they went with the F-18s. I still say yeah. F-22s. Anyways. I, I still haven't watched that movie. I've heard so much good stuff, and the fact it made so much money and things makes me kind of curious to watch it. But well, the fact it's been out this long and I haven't watched it yet. Like, on no rush. Next Thursday, 
December 22nd. It comes available on Paramount Plus. So you can watch it. If you if you subscribe to Paramount Plus, you can watch it with no additional payment on your screen at home. So I may actually sit down and watch the whole film just for Christmas, just to see what it's about. Um, because Glass Onion comes out on the 23rd. I know, I know you're gonna boycott it because it's Rian Johnson. Anybody that makes Luke Skywalker milk a space walrus, I can't support. I still no matter how good the movie is. If someone if someone has a Netflix account that you can borrow, watch Knives Out. And then my kids keep telling me to watch it, and I'm resisting. I, I keep telling you to watch it because it's as bad as as you know. If I could get that horrible version of Luke Skywalker out of my head, I would do it. I know, I know. Maybe I just need a temporal lobotomy. In... No, just just when 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 his name comes up on the screen, just look down at the popcorn bowl and just say, "Is his name gone yet?" And then watch the movie. All right, I'll try that. Um, yeah, maybe that'll work. Um, Bullet Train's currently on Netflix, the one with Brad Pitt. One that oh, yeah, I still want to watch that. And my wife and I saw, and I'm I can't wait to watch it again on Netflix because it was so much fun in the theaters. Um, but again, just trying to get the the time to get it all together. So yeah, so Maverick comes out on the twenty second. Twenty uh, third is Glass Onion on Netflix and Strange World on Disney Plus. Strange World is the Disney CG animation one that just came out in November. Bombed, right? Yeah, they're they're taking a hundred million dollar hit and throwing it on Disney Plus just like two days before Christmas. They knew, they knew, we all knew it was a terrible movie. Um, again, this is what happens when you're like changing the guard every fifty seconds. Um, so I'm just quickly looking at at Strange World. The budget they're saying was estimated 135 to 180 million to make the movie. It brought in 55 million at the box office. I think Disney's cutting their losses on that one, just throwing it straight to taking a tums and just dealing with it. Yeah, just like oh, we'll take our tums and hope for the next one. Um, yeah. So, guess we'll see. Um, so I think this is bringing us to a close. So yeah, hopefully this will all get put together in a, some sort of coherent fashion yeah so for if you've been listening to this podcast um i've kind of lost count exactly what number in the 60s this is i'm going to assume it's uh 64 five anyone is this the sound any, any good to you mike i'm just going to use google i don't know anymore <laughs> you're going to cheat and use google you bastard uh, of course, Spotify is not working. You can make up the number at home, folks. Well, sixty-two was a couple of weeks ago. We had the. the, the I'm going to say this is somewhere in the sixty-three or sixty-four because we had an off the cuff, which was the. So I'm going to say this is sixty-three, four, three, four. You can decide at home, just like what Mike said. You guys at home decide. Um, I'm sure we'll put Spotify the... says sixty-three, unless Troy's one behind. All right, so 63. So this is number 64. So you can add the Beatles song when I'm 63. So this would be 63. Last one was 62. So this one's divisible by seven. (laughs) (laughs) We just talk here, folks. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here just uh, kind of babbling along. I'm glad that you're along with us for the journey. Hopefully we've... uh, Put some recommendations that you'll follow. 
Hopefully we don't disappoint you. But if we do, the Canadian part of me says sorry. The American part of me says, fuck it. You you know, you you take your chances. Um so yeah. Anything to add, Mike? I think you said it all. Well, there we go. So uh, I think we're gonna do a collective bye goodbye here. You ready for this? Let's do it. Count it down. Three, two. Collective, collective goodbye. I think that's our best yet. I honestly think that's our best yet. This has been Geeking Off the Page, a Planet Geek production. Please be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review. You can find us at our social medias through Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. Search for Planet Geek Productions. On Instagram and Twitter, Planet Geek Pod. Or you can send us an email at planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next bad time, same spider channel, may the force be with you, and thanks for tuning in.